Oh, man. It's fine. It's fine. I just want you to know this morning, I'm not fine. I'm just going to be honest with you. I am not fine. Do you know why I'm not fine? Because the Huskers stink. That's why they're not very good. And it doesn't mess with my emotions like it used to. And that messes with my emotions, because I really want it to mess with my emotions, but it really doesn't. And that tells me I've gotten used to losing, and, and that just, I don't know. And so many of us, you know, I don't know if you're like me, you're, you're, you're like, I'm just going to move beyond football, because I can't really deal with that anymore. And, uh, and so I'm just going to go with Husker Volleyball. And then they lost last night, too. So I had two losses in one day, so I had double emotions. I couldn't handle it. And, and so I just kept switching back and forth between the Braves game and the Husker volleyball game because I couldn't deal with it emotionally. And Jen, Jen looks over and she's like, you have a problem. And uh, I'm like, so I'm just going to be honest. I'm not fine. All right. I'm not fine. And uh, I don't know what it is, but um, there's something in us uh, emotionally that kind of just, when we have stuff going on in, inside we don't know necessarily how to deal with it very well, so we push it down, we push it aside, um, we, we don't deal with it, or we just mask it and say it's fine. We blame it on somebody else and, uh, and, and don't really deal with it. And uh, as a result, we kind of get out of sorts. And last week, I addressed the men specifically, so I wanted to do that again in case you weren't here last week, because um, I know the tendency... Um, because uh, I are one, that, uh, you know, us guys, when we hear, you know, we're going to talk about emotions or especially feelings, like, <laughs> I'm out. You know, here's nap time, you know, uh, I'm, going, I'm going to get something to eat, you know, I was, I was tuned in and now I'm tuned out. Uh, so before you leave the couch, I, I want you to come back and say, here, here's the thing. You know, I, I realize in our culture, uh, you're, you're taught to be Mr. Tough Guy, and, uh, and here's, here's the thing, I want you to be Mr. Tough Guy, all right? In fact, I think our nation needs some more Mr. Tough Guys, okay? So I am not going to say don't be Mr. Tough Guy, but here is what I am going to say. Don't use it as a prop to hide behind. The greatest men I know, the greatest men I know are tough, but they're tender, they don't hide, they don't use it as a mask to hide behind. They are in tune with what's going on and the emotions that's going on inside of them, and they are able to deal with it. So they're both. So as we go through this series, don't feel like I'm, I'm telling you, you you shouldn't be tough. I want you to be tough, but I want you to be tender as well, and I want you to be able to deal with what's going on, with what's going on inside of you. So last week, we talked about hygiene. Hygiene, it's, it's the practices that keep you healthy. It's the practices that we do on a daily basis, weekly basis, monthly basis, yearly basis that keep you healthy, that keep me healthy. And last week, we talked about a few of those. You know, we have personal hygiene that we do. We, we bathe ourselves or, you know, if you're beyond junior high, at least, you might bathe yourself, and, uh, or you get a boyfriend or a girlfriend, and all of a sudden, hey, I'm bathing myself all the time. And, uh, but we, you know, we start taking care of ourselves, um, you know, from a personal hygiene. We start taking care of ourselves um, with dental hygiene, and, uh, and this is one of those things that when you started this, when you were a, a little kid, you probably, it was, I have to. Now, as an adult, it's an I want to. 
So my kids, when they were little, I learned this, um, I would tell them to go brush their teeth, and they thought they were pretty wise. So they would, they would head off to the bathroom and, uh, and just kind of hang out there for a little bit, and then come back. And uh, one time, I'm like, mm, that wasn't long enough. And so I asked them, you know, a little accountability, did you brush your teeth? Yeah, Dad, brush my teeth. Hey, come over here, give me a breath check. <laughs> I'll be right back. And so... Um, back to the bathroom, they would go. Sometimes I helped them back to the bathroom um, because they just lied to me. So, um, you know, one of those, some of those things that, that on a hygiene level, you know, physically or in, in terms of our teeth, we, it was a I have to, but now it's a I want to. It's like a, it's a habit. It's just it's something that I do on a daily basis and, and as I go through life, and we, and we understand that. The amount of time... and. In fact, some of you, you spend a lot of time on this, right? I mean, um, and especially when you're dating, it's like, oh my word, you spend a lot of time there. And, uh, and, and here's something that I wonder. See, what would change in our lives if we spent as much time on our emotional hygiene as we did our physical hygiene? What would change in our life, what would change in our world if we spent as much time um, dealing with the emotional things that are going on in our world as we did the physical things that are going on in our world. And I know your answer. You're like, Eric, Eric, t- time out. Who said I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not taking care of emotional hygiene? I mean, I am taking care of emotional hygiene. I mean, look, look at everything I'm doing, you know? I, I spend time feeding. We spend time feeding ourselves emotionally through the news, Right? You get up in the morning, what's the first thing you do? I, I don't know what the first thing you do. One, one of the first things I do is look at the news. I don't know why I do this, because I know what it does to me internally. I'm like, has common sense left the world? I mean, there's an emotion in me that starts, I just kind of start getting angst inside of me and kind of start getting angry. I'm like, are we just going to spend ourselves into oblivion? I mean, what in the world's going on? Does anybody know what's going on? Does anybody know how the world, how God's made the world to work? Is anyone willing to submit to it? And all I have to do by the end of watching the news, I'm an emotional wreck. And then the next morning, I can't wait to do it again. Right? Some, some of you, you do TikTok. I don't really know how to do that. Um, all I know, and I learned this last week because I'm, I'm a little behind on the social media thing. Um, so I, I go through Facebook, and Jafili was kind of cluing me in, and Emma was helping me out, me out with this. He's like, uh, Eric, that's actually called a reel. It's like these, these videos that go if you're, like, on it, but it doesn't say anything unless you click on it. You just kind of watch. So I, I go down and, like, oh, you know, watching this thing. And I watch a few of them, and I'm thinking, um, I... I'm pretty sure I should probably not click on that one. Because I, I click on, you know, I'm not even getting the audio. And I can just watch it and go, if I feed myself that every day, that's going to take me down an emotional path I don't need to go down. And yet we're feeding ourselves that a lot, right? Some of you, you, you I learned this first service, you don't twit on Twitter, you tweet on Twitter. 
That's an important distinction that you should make right there, I'll tell you what. So some of you, you're on Twitterverse, and, uh, and you do whatever you do on Twitter, um, but there's all kinds of stuff on Twitter that's, that just, it just kind of, it's this person saying this against this person, and then you and by the end of it, you're ready to go to work and you're already emotionally shot. You don't have a chance. And then there's Facebook, and, and, you know, it's like, are you having your quiet time? Yeah, I have my quiet time. Where, where, what do you do? Well, I have my quiet time on Facebook. That's where, that's where I, really? Okay, um, <clears throat> see, and I'm not saying you shouldn't do these things. I'm just saying that maybe we should take a Sabbath from some of these things. Maybe there should be some boundaries around some of these things. Some of you are addicted to these. I mean, you can't even, you can't stop doing some of these. That's a problem. And that's going to emotionally wreck you. See, if you feed yourself junk, eventually your body will break down. Right? Case in point, some cheese balls. Now, cheese balls are really good, right? Some of you are like, no, leave this nasty stuff in your teeth, right? It's like, ooh, man. But cheese balls, some of you are like, I love cheese balls. I could. So just imagine with me for a second. You ate cheese balls for breakfast, lunch, and supper, and for every single snack throughout the day, and that's all you could eat. That's it. How long would it take before your physical body said, I'm out? I'm done. How long would it take for your physical body to begin to break down? I was asking Emma this this last week. She's like, I think about a week. I think about a week of that, and your body would be like, I'm done with that. I'm, I'm out. See, I think we understand this a little bit better in the physical world, but if you feed your mind junk, eventually you will emotionally break down. If we could just, if we're just feeding our mind all this, all this junk that is available to us that are on our phones most of the time, then it's just a matter of time before emotionally we are going to break down. And then as if that's not enough, there's some outside pressures that come on top of all of that. Outside pressures that we allow and then we complain about it all the time. And here's the operative word. We allow it. We allow it. We complain about it, and then we allow it again. It's so interesting. And, and some of these outside pressures, they're time pressure. Like you, you and I, we, we have limited time. And there's all kinds of people and, and things in groups that are, that are pulling and our device that is pulling for our attention, pulling for our attention, pulling for our time, pulling for our time. And, and we're chasing family things and we're chasing our children all over the place. And, 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 and then there's, there's a, a priority list of here's the things that are most important to me, but I keep saying yes to all of these things that are less important, and it's taken me away from the things that are most important. And time-wise, I have so much pressure that it's, I just, I just, man, emotionally, it's just taking everything out of me. 
Financial pressure. Financial pressure. I mean, it's the American way now, right? I mean, don't wait until you have the money to pay for it. Put it on the card. Put it on the card. Oh, you you don't have enough money for for that toy? Put it on the card. Finance that. It's a low monthly rate. You don't have time. You don't have a money for your furniture? Put it on a low low monthly. You don't have you don't have money for anything in this in this world. I'm surprised McDonald's doesn't have a payment plan by now. I mean, it's just it's 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 unbelievable. And and we and we jump into it and we fall for it and and I have fallen for it. You're you're probably not the only ones. I I, I mean. And you're like, the only time that ever felt good was when you drove it off the lot, right? Because then you had to license it. It was like, ouch. And you had to pay the taxes for it. Quadruple ouch. And then you got the statements for it. <laughs> oh, that's painful. That's painful. That's painful. And then by the time you're like, I don't like what this is feeling like on the inside of me and the emotions that this is, that this is doing to me, you had to what? Update the license and pay what? More taxes. And you're like, is this a yearly thing? They forgot to tell me this at the sales desk. See, financially, we are encouraged in our culture to put ourselves in a place where we have financial pressure and then we have emotional angst that goes right along with it. You see, I think that wherever you buy something, if there was a tag that said, here's the emotional cost, you just need to know this, it would be way easier for you and me to say no. Wouldn't it? Because I don't want to pay that emotional cost. Unhealthy family boundary pressure. I mean, you got, you got maybe some toxic family members, unhealthy family members you know, maybe you grew up in a household that didn't have any boundaries. You have no idea. And others and, and the extended family, they have no idea what boundaries are. And so they're just all, you know, it's, it's a mess. And you don't know where to put the boundaries. You don't even know how to enact boundaries. And so there's just this unhealthy family boundary pressure that's on you. Hanging with unhelpful friends pressure. You're hanging with friends that aren't leading you to a more healthy place. They just stir up more drama or they validate the drama that you want to create instead of just speaking truth to you about it. See, your friends will determine the quality and direction of your life. We teach that to your teenagers all the time. You need to know that. But it's true for adults as well. That whoever we hang out with, it's it's just kind of how we roll. And those people that we invite, we... We end up having friend pressure that we don't need to have. See, our emotions enslave us until we do something to intentionally change. And here's the thing, you know, change is not easy, right? We get used to doing things the same way. In fact, we know that they're not the healthiest way to do it, but we just kind of keep doing it that way because to change just seems like, oh, that would be, that'd be way too too hard. Peter, man, I couldn't say it in the first service either. Cazero, thanks Pete, for writing emotionally healthy spirituality. Because in this book, he says, the sad reality is that most of us will never go forward until the pain of staying where we are 
is unbearable. I can't, I, I can't, I cannot deal with this any longer. And it's like until we are, have our back against the wall, where we're, we're, we're facing something where it's like all the options are bad, then I'll do something about it. And my encouragement to you is you can do something about some of the areas that you need to make course corrections in before you get to that place. And I hope that you do because of the principle that we are going to talk about. You see, most of us tend to neglect positive habits or behaviors that will strengthen our emotional health. I think that's human nature. We just tend to kind of push it aside. We're not going to, we're not going to, we're not going to deal with it. We just kind of neglect those positive habits, maybe because it's painful on the front end. It's like, I know I should exercise, and I, and, 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 but man, there's some pain involved with that. There's, there's like some discipline involved with that. And so um, I don't do discipline, and I don't do change. I, I, I just don't do those things unless I absolutely have to. So we don't start different habits. But that leaves us to one thing, pretending. See, pretending, it feels safer than honesty and vulnerability, doesn't it? Pretending, it, it, it feels safer. And I just think, man, what would it be like to have a church where you could just be you? I, I think the church should be the safest place on the planet, and yet I would imagine most of your guys' experience has been, that's the least safest place to be, Right? And maybe the crossing could be different in that regard to where we could create an environment safe for people to come and they don't have to pretend. They don't have to have all of the stuff going on inside of them and then put on a front when they come and and gather with the church where they could actually reveal what's going on on the inside, not pretend. Because when we pretend, it leaves us with a make-believe version of ourselves. Some of you remember Mr. Rogers? Um, some of you, you, you're too young, you, you don't know what make-believe world is, but um, I don't really either, because I wasn't really into Mr. Rogers, but my brother Phil, oh my gosh, he loved Mr. Rogers. I mean, he didn't miss, he loved make-believe world, um, but, you know, my brother Nate and I, we didn't have time for that. So we were, we were out, uh, you know, driving the, the truck way before we should have been, and Phil was watching Mr. Rogers. Make-believe world. He'll love that if he watches this, but uh, sorry, Phil. Anyway, um, that's what we're left with, is, is we're living this, this make-believe world that isn't actually real. And so there's something that's going on inside of me, but I'm presenting me as someone different to my family. I'm presenting myself some, something different to my co-workers. Everywhere I go, I'm presenting myself as something, someone different than what I actually so, what do emotionally healthy people know? What, what is it that they know, and then what is it that they do? See, they know that there is a, a, a cause and effect relationship that God's created the, the world to work in, a, 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 in some terms as a cause and effect um, uh, principle. And so, since they know that, emotionally healthy people do something about it. See, the Apostle Paul, he, he talks about this principle in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7. He says, don't be misled. In other words, 
Don't mislead yourself. Don't deceive yourself. Don't, don't, don't think, you know, don't lie to yourself and then believe it. He says, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. What, what he's saying there is, you can't say, I know that applies to everyone else, but it doesn't apply to me. I can get around. I, I know, I, I know. That's how God's made the world to work, and no one can get around it. I realize that applies to everyone else, but I think I can get around it. He's saying, <laughs> not so fast. Don't mock the justice of God. This is how he's made the world to work. It's a principle. You will either come underneath it and leverage it, or you'll break yourself against it. You and I, we will always harvest what we plant. You're thinking, Eric, that's not real deep. Actually, it is. It is. Because in every area of our life, we will harvest what we plant. And the thing is, we, we deceive ourselves, we mislead ourselves, and we think that we can harvest something different than what we're planting. Maybe I can harvest emotional health, but I'm going to feed myself emotional junk. And Paul just says, you just need to know that's not how the world works. It's not how God's created it. There, there is a principle that governs the way the world works. You will harvest what it is that you're planting. You just need to know that. And there's some things that you are in control of in terms of your emotional health and you will either feed yourself to help make yourself emotionally healthy and come underneath the principle that God has put in place or you will break yourself against that principle. And then in another passage, you know, Jesus gives us another principle and he applies it in, 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 in the realm of, of eternal life um, so we're going to look at that passage and we're going to take that principle and extract the principle out because the principle is true for all people in all places in all times. You need to know that about principles. Principles are true for all people, all places, and all times. It's just the way God's made the world to work. So not only will I harvest what it is I'm planting, other people are going to harvest what I'm planting. So if I'm sowing something, not only am I going to reap it, other people around me are going to reap it as well. So let's look at it in John chapter 4 and verse 35. This is Jesus. He says, you know the saying, four months between planting and harvest. And what he's saying here is, you know how, how it works. You know how we are. It's like, you know what? Oh, I got done with planting. Harvest is four months. Harvest is four months down the road. I can take some time off. You know, I've been, I've, been, I've been doing really good in my hygiene, so now I can take some time off. I've been doing so good in eating right, now I can eat an entire container of cheese balls. That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. He's like, oh, you know the saying, four months between planting and harvest. Oh, I can, I can be lazy. I could take some time. Oh, what I, what I plant isn't, you know, it's no big deal. I'm not going to harvest that. And other people, it, it, harvest is, it's, it's way down, way down the line. But I say, wake up and look around. 
the fields are already ripe for harvest. And he's talking in terms of, of eternal life to, to in, in fact, I love this passage. We're going we're gonna to come back to this at some point and, and talk about it in the terms that he's talking about it in, in terms of, of eternal life and, and how, you know, we, we, don't, we can't afford to be taking some time off. But in, in terms of emotional health to say, hey, you can't afford to stop doing hygiene. You, you can't afford to take some time off. You need to realize that, that other people, you know, are being affected by what you are sowing. And you can't just take some time off and, re- and think, well, it's just probably bothering me. It's, you know, other people, it's not really affected them. It is affecting them. The harvesters are paid good wages. And the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. This is, this, this is awesome. So what he's saying is, is, I planted eternal life. I planted it by death, burial, and resurrection. In other words, I planted some things, and all of you, it's available to you to have a harvest. It's available to you to reap what it is I planted. You didn't plant it. But you have the ability and the availability to reap what it is someone else planted. And he's talking in terms of, of eternal life, but you put that same principle over into the emotional world. You are planting some things that other people aren't planting, but they're going to reap what it is you're planting. And you are going to reap what it is they're planting as well. What joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike? You know the saying, and here's the principle, one plants and another harvests. It's true. In other words, it's the way God's made the world to work. Whether you like it or not, whether you think it applies to you or not, it's true. I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant Others had already done the work, and now you will go get to gather, and now you will get to gather the harvest. You see, you will reap, and others will reap from the emotional habits you sow. Your spouse is going to reap it. Your spouse is going to harvest whatever it is that you're planting, your children are going to reap whatever it is that you're planting. Your coworkers are going to reap it. Your neighbors are going to reap it. Your boss is going to reap it. Your employees are going to reap it. Your friends are going to reap it. The principle is true. So everyone wins when you and I do the hard work of emotional health. Everybody wins. If you're, as your lead pastor, if I do the hard work of keeping myself emotionally healthy, do you know who is primarily the beneficiaries of that? My spouse, my children, and you. You reap, in some regards, what it is I sow. And others are reaping what you are sowing that are closest around you. So you're like, Eric, okay, I think I get it. But 
Give me some examples in real world how, you know, what are some things that I could actually do that would help with the emotional health? Well, you could establish healthy boundaries. Establish healthy boundaries in terms of time. I've known some parents, and, and all of us have a different emotional lid of things that we can deal with. And so, I mean, there's some parents, and, and I thought, man, this is, this is great. They're like, we have limited the amount of activities that our children can be involved in. Because we don't have the emotional capacity to let them be involved in every last thing they want to be involved in and then chase them around the planet in, in, in doing all of these activities and then having the financial pressure to chase them all over tarnation to do that and the emotional repercussions of those financial pressures that we are going to end up with. And so they've just said, you know what, we're going to limit the, the, the activities. You can choose one activity, you can choose two, two activities, whatever it is. But you're not going to have the whole smorgasbord. It's not all available to you. You're going to have to pick and choose. Because we are going to choose emotional health over just chasing all over the place. That is a healthy boundary. And I can't tell you where that line needs to be. You need to have wisdom around where that line needs to be. Healthy, you know, establish healthy boundaries around money. If you are resisting going through Financial Peace University, then you are resisting an emotion that goes along with financial peace. Which emotion do you think you're, you're resisting? Peace. Well, that was hard, wasn't it? You know, financial peace. There, there's the emotion. Would you like to experience peace around your finances? Yes, Eric, absolutely. So here's something that you can do to go through Financial Peace University. You can get online and you can get the material. You can go through it on your own. You can find a group to go through it. Maybe your life group wants to go through it together. I'm just telling you, you deserve it. For the sake of your children, would you please, please, and your own emotion of peace around finances, go through financial peace. And, 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 and that will help you establish boundaries around your money. Establish healthy boundaries in terms of your friends. What group am I going to hang out with? What group am I going to allow influence into my life? And what group do I think, you know what? I don't like who I become, and I don't like the way I feel after I'm with this group because I know they're leading me to a place I don't really want to go, and emotionally, it's not good for me. Then you need to put a boundary around that. I was talking to a guy today um, in terms of healthy boundaries around time. This is an in individual that loves to serve and loves to say yes and um, and, and loves being involved. I mean, just goes way above and beyond. And, uh, and so we were talking this morning, and, and he was like, well, you, you would like it, Eric. I said no twice this last week. Because there, there's some things, you know what, that are priority for me, and I want, I want my time to be around those, those things that are top shelf priority for me. 
And these things, yeah, I could be involved in those things, and there's part of me that kind of wants to be involved with some of those things, but I know for the sake of my own emotional health, for the sake of my marriage and its emotional health, for the sake of my children and my family, these are some lower shelf things I need to say no to. And he's like, I used to say yes to all of those, and I said no this last week. <laughs> Good boundary. All right. Let your feelings in the car, but please don't let them drive. Let your feelings in the car. Guys, guys, Mr. Tough, tough guys, let your feelings in the car, identify them. That's what, you know, tough and tender guys do. They let them in the car, but, but don't let them drive. And ladies, don't let them drive because then they're in control. And that means we're out of control. Maintain an ongoing dialogue with healthy people. In crossing world, the place that we would love for everyone to go is into a group. And one of the reasons we want them in a group is for this reason right here, is this ongoing dialogue with healthy people. Because we just feel like circles are better than rows and when people are talking about and some of the things that are going on inside of them, they're actually able to get it out and open up and talk about it, then they're able to deal with it in a healthy and healthier way. But if you're not a part of a group and you're, and, and you're like, you, you still need to find some healthy people that you can open up to, that you can share life with, that you can tell what's going on in your world. And the biggest one is to invite God into the process. And I saved this one for last because it just, I wanted to lead into this closing song because this closing song talks about Jesus setting us free. And I think sometimes we just think, you know what, I can live my life with unhealthy hygiene in terms of my emotional health, but if I pray about it, Somehow or another, I'll just feel good about it. And I'm not against prayer at all. In fact, I hope that you're praying and praying and praying and pouring your heart out to God. But there's some things that you are in control of that God has, 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 has revealed to you and some of the things that we just talked about that, that you, if you continue to do those things and stay unhealthy, you can pray about it all you want, but you're still going to have angst because God's just saying, look, I have got some, some, some principles that guide every single one of those areas, and I want to lead you out of there. And if you will submit those things, and if you will change the way you go about those things, you will begin to have emotional health, and you will begin to experience freedom. Jesus wants to set you free. But it's not freedom of I can live this way and still live free. That's not it. Jesus wants to lead you away from that unhealthiness to, to healthy boundaries, godly boundaries. And every one of those principles and things that we were just talking about have biblical principles that apply to them. And as you submit to those principles, you are submitting to your Lord and your Savior Jesus and he will lead you out and set you free. And you know what? What's amazing about Jesus is every single time that we don't do it, he's so gracious to us. 
And, and, and he says, I, I, I want to lead you out of there. So my prayer for you is that you would do something about what you have heard and then allow Jesus to lead you out of some of those areas that you, you've gotten snared into, you've gotten, you've gotten stuck into. So our bottom line is, see, establishing healthy habits will benefit the relationships you care about most. Others will reap from the emotional habits you sow. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, the principles that we talked about this morning, they're true. And, and I think sometimes, God, we, we just want to pray about it, and then you'll help us feel good, even though we're doing things that lead us to emotionally kind of being a wreck. And, and Jesus, you're just saying, hey, I, I want to lead you out of there, but it's, it's going to require you changing some habits. It's going to require you changing some of the hygiene that you don't want to change, but until we do, you're going to stay stuck. So Jesus, I pray that you would give us the courage. You'd give us the courage to, to do something with something that we now know. We know it. So now I pray for the courage to do something about it. Jesus, I pray that you'd give people courage to evaluate the friends, the group that they're maybe hanging with. God, I pray that you'd give people courage to go through Financial Peace University and do something about their finances. God, I pray that you would help people to to do something in terms of the boundaries around what they're saying yes to and Pray that you would give them the courage to to make top-shelf priorities the things that they're spending their time with. God, I pray that you would give people the courage to take a Sabbath from the social media stuff that's just, it just drags us down and drags us down. God, I pray that you would give us the courage to do the things that will keep us emotionally healthy. In Jesus' name. Amen. So glad you joined us today. Um, one thing that I was thinking about was um, at the end when Eric talked about have God be in the process. Um, and then the song that we sang talked about you right my wrong, you overcome. And I think we can listen to the sermon that Eric just preached and we can be like... Oh, I have to do all these things, and I have to figure out how I'm going to be emotionally healthy. But it's not up. It is up to us to make the choice, but we can't do it ourselves. And I know you feel strongly about that. So what is, yeah. how do you feel about that? Yeah, so I like how Eric said, like, hey, what's the first next step you can do towards emotional health if you're finding yourself not knowing, like, where to start? And, and I had just shared last service that for me, it really starts with, hey, there's nothing I can do to make God love me more. There's nothing I can do, you know, to pursue emotional health, to make God love me less. And so it really starts with like that place of grace and forgiveness of like, I'm going to blow it another 20 times this week, but I'm going to still 
take, take those next first steps towards emotional health. So I guess, Natalie, what are some ways maybe that we have with our family? Because we've got three teenagers. What have we done, do you, th- you feel like, in our marriage to pursue some emotional health? Yeah, I think, I think we have been careful, or we try to be careful about our time. You know, when Eric was talking about, you know, trying to keep our kids from joining the pack and doing all the things and trying to make family time and between us date night time we don't do it perfectly but we we don't do any of this perfectly but we have made us time be a priority and a time with our family a priority and not just trying to do all the things because one thing that I know is um, we've been reading a book together as a family about being um those are not any teenagers, Weird teenagers that I know. right there <laughs> but we're reading a book about man they can throw you off um making time to love others and be really generous with your loving others and you can't do that if your time is used up um with all the things you've got to do all the good things take time and it becomes not good anymore because you are so over the boundary of using your time well. So how about you? Yeah, I think one area that we've talked about was within social media is even like at bedtime to say, hey, we're not going to bring our phones to bed with us because... Which is hard. It's very, very, very hard. And we're not highly successful at this at this time. <laughs> no. But you, you can sort of feel the the disconnect with each other, the disconnect of talking about maybe things that really matter because you just sort of just want to like veg out for 30 minutes and it turns into an hour and a half, you know. So those just, reels are... Yeah, those reels are dangerous. Oh, now, my they're word. funny. Sometimes I'm like, oh, that's word. life-giving. I'm just laughing, having a great time it's watching annoying. these reels. But anyway, so just setting some boundaries though um, because you can't work on anything. You can't start taking those next healthy steps if you're just masking it with more social media. Yep. So setting some boundaries there as a family, taking that Sabbath. And I think we need to get back to taking a Sabbath in our social media as a family, yeah. which is just a break from screens so we can just pursue the Lord and pursue each other, pursue activities outside of that. Mm-hmm. But it takes just a lot of practice, like just habitually, to get to a place of having some boundaries. Yeah, and you know, um, in Galatians 6, 7, one of the verses that Eric talked about was where it says, you harvest what you plant. And um, even in that of like, well, what's what's looking at another um, TikTok, TikTok reel going to do emotionally to me? It really does. It is um, planting something and either I'm going to reap it or the people around me. And I think that was so true because um, we forget that um, really what we put into ourselves is going to come out no matter what. Yeah. And we can't, we can't make believe that it all is rosy for too long before it starts to show. So, yeah. hey, we hope that you just pray about what um, God is asking of you this week, and we hope you join us next week. Okay, see you later. Goodbye.